Hello and welcome back. Welcome back once again with the Renegade Force. No, I'm joking. I'm just messing up um, really classic hip hop tunes into an introduction. Poorly done. Hi, I'm Justin. This is Thought Architecture, and let's jump in to what is uh, what I call the human operating system. And this is going to be part four of the series, which covers principle number three, which is the context is king principle. So it's a very simple point. It's this idea that. Yes, we can learn what the mechanisms, what the rules are, but then we have to apply them to a particular case. And usually there are enough variables in each case that there is variation, you know, and some kind of, uh, what do they call it? Variation on the mean. So what, what the hell do I mean by this? So, okay, let's say we make a rule. For example, if we say that uh, people have to, you know, eat, I don't know, vegetables great you know like the human body was made for vegetables there is going to be a particular case where we're going to find that humans don't have to eat vegetables somehow somewhere there's going to be someone who's like mutated and you know born without you know a stomach but learned how to photosynthesize or something like that there's always going to be a context specific example that breaks the rule okay so then the question is, is, are we actually making rules? And it's like, well, you know, to quote Pirates of the Caribbean, well, there are more guidelines than actual rules. <laughs> and this comes back to the idea of mental models as well. Um, one of the biggest things with mental models is that a mental model is supposed to be a model representation of a real world system. Okay, a model rep representation of a real world system. So that exists in your head that allows you to understand how things flow and function and process. What is the particular job of each, you know, little cog in the machine and therefore gives you an idea of what to expect. If I put in something on this end, what comes out on the other end, you know, and, um, you know, by and large, people actually draw up mental models that don't make sense or use mental models that actually don't create predictable outcomes. But the big danger with mental models is to not confuse the map with the territory, as it were. And what do they mean by that? Well, the mental model is a map to, to give you an idea of, oh, okay, well, if we look at a map on a piece of paper or on a screen, we can see that there's a city here, there's a straight line here, there's mountains here, etc. But when you're actually experientially in the territory, you might find yourself slowing down because the sun makes it very difficult to kind of uh, walk down a road in the middle of the day. So your, your speed slows down. And it's something that you never thought about before you planned. So because this is new territory, the, the thing is, is that the mental model doesn't necessarily help you. And when you contextualize something, it's a lot easier. So what I'm suggesting is that um, your map <clears throat> needs seasons to fluctuate from it needs variables to understand that these variables are going to change depending on the person so a good example of this of this context is king is to to reflect on how different cultures think and it is something that i will touch on i have kind of touched on it previously the lewis model of uh cultures and um, there's a couple of other models of culture as well but the main point is that um, if you understand what the context is, you can then create a much stronger mechanic 
for that one example. Okay, so cultures. Everybody assumes that the way that they do things is the same way it's done around the world. So a quick example of this is <clears throat> asking about, okay, well, um, who goes through the door first in a traditional society around the world, a man or a woman, and why? What is the reasoning? And so you find out that like in African culture, it's going to be the man, and it's largely based around protection, the idea that the man is going to make sure everything's safe, fine, etc. Um, you know, like he will be the first in line to deal with whatever's coming. Whereas, you know, in other cultures like the Japanese culture, it's based around respect. The man will enter first because he's the head of the household, etc. Right. Um, so it's a matter of showing um, your respect by allowing them to go in first. Whereas the same respect reason in the Middle East is often flipped around where like the most important person goes in last. They are the host and therefore they are um, going to allow all guests into the house first. And so kind of like the shepherd and the flock or, you know, like the dad and the children. So going in last in those cultures is seen as, you know, a status symbol and, you know, a sign of respect to allow the, them to go in final. And then <clears throat> if you look at the traditional British model where a man allows a woman to go in first, it's chivalrous. It's this idea of, you know, presenting women with respect as well. So it's kind of like the respect thing again. But it's based on gender this time. So in all of these models, we've got a similar idea about, you know, humans will have ways of behaving around each other to show uh, various things, whether it be protection, respect, um, you know, rationality, whatever it is. Humans will demonstrate these types of relationships with behavior. And it's about first establishing what is the behavior around you? What is the context around you? If you go to a country where, <laughs> and this is a true story, if you go to a country where you order a coffee and they will bring you carbonated water along with your coffee, I don't know about you, but the first time that that ever happened to me, I had no idea what they were expecting me to do with this carbonated water. Was it just free water that just came when you ordered anything anyway? And I ordered tea the next time and they didn't bring it. And I was like, what the hell's going on? Why did they just bring me a glass of carbonated water, of sparkling water? What the hell's going on? <clears throat> and it's upon observation that I noticed that people were using the sparkling water to kind of rinse their mouths out after they had finished the coffee. Okay, all right, cool. That's how people here do this. This is something that's very typical. Um, in the exact same country, I started getting offers of sandwiches every time I went around to someone's house. So as a background, I'm from South Africa and lived for a long time in the UK as well. And it's not typical. You go around to, let's say, a client's house. They might offer you something to drink. Depending on how long they want you to stay, they're going to communicate that by either offering or not offering be a beverage. Now, the interesting thing is when I was in Argentina, people didn't just offer a beverage. They also offered you a sandwich. It wasn't any other type of food. It was always a sandwich. It wasn't, hey, you know, we've just we've just had um, some pasta. We've just cooked up some pasta. Would you like some? No, it's like, can I make you a sandwich? And it, it was across all my clients when I was in Argentina. So it was very interesting to notice that in this context, this was the, the way of showing, um, you know, politeness, extending hospitality, respect. And so the very simple point is that we have to take these things into context. We have to contextualize them. 
and basically it's saying that as soon as you can isolate something from its context it becomes scientific and therefore it stops being something that's applicable into real life so another example of this is food and nutrition so it's it's easy to say oh if you want to lose weight you need to do this you know you know you've got to eat, limit your carbohydrates to this much you know limit your fats to this much you got to make sure that you're getting good proteins in and then like you know fill up on fiber and things like that that's great that's great it's nice to say that this is the optimum human diet but just if you examine the idea of optimum it doesn't actually work this is optimum to the best of our knowledge to the best of our scientific um, mind and if you jump back to the 80s there is this idea that fat makes you fat now whether you agree with that or not is is irrelevant it's the idea of today we can actually prove that actually your body needs healthy fats and there are certain ratios of fats that your body needs so if you had trusted this um, scientific approach in the 80s uh, you were largely misguided and so it comes back to this thing of you know are they able to explain the mechanism correctly and anyone who says that they can if they don't take an initial assessment to be able to um, you know give a particular piece of advice or something like that they are validating their own ideas rather than sharing an idea they're trying to say look at look at this thing that i know and how wonderful it is versus contextualizing it first so i ran into this the other day as well with a, a coach a, you know instagram uh, coach trains people and i like his stuff you know he likes to test things out and challenge them and i'm a huge proponent of stress testing and i never used to be by the way i always was like yeah i can do it and if i can do it in my mind then that's good enough for me and um, yeah i stopped valuing that a long time ago so getting back to the point um this this guy was talking about how um you know anytime a, a coach says you know these are three things that you need to be doing now if you want your legs to grow like any coach like that basically is, is coming with this blanket statement that decontextualizes something because that person wants to validate what they've got perhaps they want to seem more valuable in the eyes of everyone else they trying to sell some courses or i don't know whatever but they're decontextualizing it because well what if this person has a bum ankle what if this person has hip impingement what if this person has xyz so the the coach that i'm talking about the one that i like you know, he pointed out this, this problem with other Instagram coaches and then went on to say, you know, a good place to start would be this. And he starts recommending exercises, exactly the same thing that he's spoken out against. The very simple point is that if anyone's trying to help you, the first thing that they need to do is ask you a ton of questions to establish what your context is. And then after that, there are multiple ways that you can achieve your own purpose. But again, establish your context first. What is your context? Where are you now? Then establish your future goals or your future context. Where do you want to go? Where do you want to be? Okay. And then you have to negotiate the manner that you will achieve that. Okay. Well, let me give you these exercises. Oh, I can't do those exercises. I actually have an injury here. Okay, cool. Well, let's get there by healing that injury first. Or let's completely circumnavigate that injury let's use these exercises instead okay so i want you to train five days a week and the person's like can't i've got a family you know i've got work oh okay well then let's double up on these exercises and do it two times a week you know this idea of molding mechanics around you know 
it, it's just a natural order of things where, number one, do an assessment, establish that person's current context, future context, and then the vector, the particular manner that you're going to get there has to be agreeable. And one of the biggest things is this idea of, well, do what I say, otherwise it's not going to happen. Oh, you're just not putting in the effort. Well, you know, unless you do what I tell you to do, you're not going to get there. That's horseshit. If you're, if you're in this game to help other people, you know, you can't just help people in the way that you want to help them. A lot of the time, providing the tools that they can pick up. So if you provide them with a variety of tools, certain people are going to pick up certain tools and other people are going to pick up other tools. And it comes back down to, again, context is king. Establish context. And, you know, if we circle back to the previous point about emotion trumps logic, Again, if you can contextualize a person's situation and understand that their emotional response is an appropriate emotional response based on their patterning, programming, behavioral habits, then you can go further. Like, why did that person just freak out when I use that word? Clearly, they've experienced trauma around it, and I'm activating that trauma. I'm triggering um, a neural pathway that has existed for a very long time. And then if we want to tie that into the social stuff as well, if you can contextualize something, again, it can help you to understand the people around you a lot better. It can also help you to understand if you want to take it to a business perspective. If you want to just take it to a perspective of understanding human conditions in general, it really helps you to contextualize things. Like, why, why would it make sense for <clears throat> certain people to do certain things, you know? One of the biggest things, and maybe I'm going out on a limb here, is the whole, um, if you want to call it, the fall of the patriarchy, Black Lives Matter, you know, like there's a lot of conversations that are happening right now in the United States. And one of the biggest issues is United States citizens who um, are stuck in their own mindset and think that this is the only mindset and not going out of that mindset. And so you get a lot of these issues that are then projected onto the rest of the world. Oh, like everyone in the world suffers from this similar thing as well. And it's, well, is it? Well, actually, no. And when you get out to other countries in the world, the way that they look at the United States inward from an outside perspective is very different. So it comes back to this idea of context is king. If you've ever heard people tell you it's a great idea to try and imagine being in someone else's shoes, that helps a lot. It helps an awful lot. There is something that I will talk about in future, um, in, a, in a future episode, which is, is basically, it's called the psychology of violence. And um, one of my favorite psychologists, his name is Dan uh, Ariely. Um, he's got some great stuff on empathy as well and superpowers with regard to empathy. So, Yes, hopefully I've, uh, I've pushed on you the, uh, the idea of the human mind. And basically, when you decontextualize something, you create an absolute. The people who are living in those kind of places where, oh, you're with me or you're against me. These are people who are not able to contextualize things. And for you to contextualize them, it's just to understand that the more nuanced someone is, the more they can respond with nuance the more emotionally mature they are. And so this person you're talking to says, you're either with me or against me. They're very emotionally triggered, number one, probably in that moment. And number two, they probably haven't developed 
that emotional response to that particular situation because it's painful, because there's a lot of pain around that. Okay, that doesn't mean to say that you have to agree with them or keep them in your life or anything like that. You need to make those decisions based on who you are. So never, 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 never decontextualize anyone's advice and give rules based on it. You know, like think about it from your scenario and what you're happy to do and what you're happy to to live with. What's the price you're willing to pay? You know, everything as a as a price, as a consequent reward ratio. You know, you're going to get certain things and you've got to give certain things. There has to be an exchange. And so if you cut someone out of your life, you could be happier for it, but then you're not you don't have that person in your life as well. So context is king is the third principle based around the human operating system. The second one was emotion trumps logic. And the first one was no one is an island unto themselves. And I find that these three principles uh, don't necessarily work in this particular order. There are many other factors that, that do come in, but these are like the, th the three strongest factors, without a doubt, that makes a world of difference. So I hope that these have helped you, this particular line. If you want to see more on this, let me know. Um, if not, I'm, I do also have some like smaller, you know, like reactionary things that I've, um, I've got in my mind to, to bring to you. Like I said, there's some violence ones that really have got some great insights into humans as well. So I'd love to hear what you think. Let me know. Drop me a line, uh, a comment, whatever you need. Uh, my name is Justin. This has been Thought Architecture.